1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. And for this episode, we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Raghav, who is the co-founder of Zebu. Hi, Raghav. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me, buddy. Um, Archish, it's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. I remember following all the great episodes that you have shot. And I think uh, it's great for both your listeners and also all the speakers who have come and shared their knowledge. Firstly, keep up the great work and uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much and it's an
1: honor to have you. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey,
0: far? Sure. So I would say it has been an interesting, exciting and full of learning experiences. I graduated from uh, I, from a very local engineering college in a place called Bulbarga, which is in the uh, northern part of Karnataka, South India. I graduated in uh, information science, basically the first batch of IT and uh, like everybody back in days in 2004, 2005, being software engineer was the in thing and the coolest thing too. So I kind of joined Hewlett uh, uh, Packard HP um, as a device driver programmer. Uh, did that for a few months. I sucked at programming and uh, my boss, my peers, everybody said, you're not meant to be a programmer. Um, however, I was not convinced. I thought, no, no, I want to be in an IT and I want to do something around it computer science programming and all of that. But, um, you know, God had something else in store, maybe something better. Uh, And that's how I dabbled into joining IAM Bangalore, doing my specialization in marketing. And then after after the HP, I did my uh, specialization in marketing and then have been a marketeer uh, ever since. I think this is my about 17th year as a marketeer. (laughs) Feels old when I say that, but yeah, I mean, I have done everything around ATL, BTL, pre-digital marketing, digital marketing, social media marketing, influencer marketing, uh, you name it. I have probably had the good fortune of touching all the levers. So, and since then, journey has been phenomenal. I worked at uh, Google. I worked, started my career for Google uh, checkout. It was, you know, a product which was similar to PayPal, then worked on multiple other Google products and then uh, had my hands on learning on product management and product marketing, and then worked for Infosys for a few years. Did my specialization in product marketing from Harvard. And that was around product positioning, product marketing, product pricing, and all of that. And then went out and worked for a few other large enterprises. And then finally became an entrepreneur. It was inevitable uh, for someone like me who always wanted to do uh, you know, 100 things and do all of them well. So that's how I became an entrepreneur. But uh, like I said, God has been extremely kind. My first startup was around uh, digital listening. Basically, we built a platform that will listen into all the digital channels, be it Google, be it Facebook, be it any social media channel. It will listen in and give you outputs of you know, how many reviews are positive, negative, neutral, what should you do and all of that. So sold that company, had a very good exit, made good money. Then went out and built second startup, which was ThoughtFox Digital, uh, an outright digital agency. Uh, where we did everything, right from influencer marketing to social media marketing to your SEO, SEM campaigns. The only difference was we only worked for very, very large brands: Coke, Nike, Starbucks. You know, some of the largest brands on the planet. And then it was a phenomenal learning experience. Again, I had a great offer that I couldn't resist, and that's how I ended up selling that company. And uh, and it was it was fun doing all of that. And then um, a very good friend of mine. Uh, in fact, uh, I fondly uh, call him Guruji. He the, he is the chief technology advisor and one of the founders of Evolutis Corp in Chicago. We, you know, caught up over a coffee and said, "How can marketing help uh, IT services majors and IT product companies?" And that's how I joined them as you know a board advisor and a CMO, and then did a very interesting gig there uh, phenomenal amount of uh, brand building and marketing—and then went on to work uh, with multiple companies. As a CMO, board member, advisor. Coming to the most recent and the most interesting gig is um, Zebu. Zebu is the world's first 100% utility-based uh, Web3 token for telecommunication carrier industry. A very interesting project that uh, me and two other co-founders are working on right now, uh, and that's what keeps me busy all day. And uh, uh, want to try and see how we can leverage good marketing for a web 3 company well that
1: has been an amazing journey i must say in a very inspiring one considering you have so much in your basket i mean the thorough of experience coming from different fields so you're definitely somebody that um, youngsters and even people of all ages like me would look definitely look up to you to you know in a very inspiring way that okay this is something that really inspires us to work more and better and work hard. So it is so important. So kudos for all the good work that we've been doing. Thank you. So uh, my second question is something that you sort of answered considering it was related to Zeebu. Uh,
0: is there anything else that you would like to talk or add? About? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Arsit, so I'm a marketer, right? The the professional hazard of a marketer is they love talking. <laughs> so yeah, I have a few other things to add about Zeebu. So Zeebu, essentially what it does is uh, it's, a, it's a platform where Uh, you know, all the telecommunication carriers around the world can do instant payment settlement through our platform. Now, I'll tell you a little bit of problem that we are addressing and why there is a need for a platform like this. Every time, let's say you call from India to your friend in Dubai um, or your friend in US, you are on Airtel and let's say somebody else is on Etisalat. The phone doesn't go from Airtel to Etisalat. You know, when you're calling, you will hear these beep, beep, beep sounds that it is connecting. When that is happening, Actually, your voice call gets routed from operator one to carrier one and carrier one to carrier two, carrier three, carrier four, and finally gets terminated at Etisalat, which is operator two. So between operator one and operator two, there are multiple carriers that do the job of connecting this voice call. And all these carriers get paid for the call that you make. Um, Today, the challenge in the industry is there is a traditional way of wire transfer or bank transfer that is used to settle these amounts. Uh, now imagine you are, an operator, you are an operator in India and you're working with another operator in Africa with a lot of carriers in between. One of the carriers is based in Africa and you have to transfer, let's say $100,000 to him. You do a transfer here and probably he gets it up to three days, four days, or maybe a week uh, sometimes, right? So wire transfer is very painful. Plus, you end up paying a lot of wire transfer fee. Plus, see, the telecommunication industry is a 24-7 industry. And if the transactions are not 24-7, he's going to lose his business. They don't have infinite money to pump in. So there are all these kinds of problems. So what we said, hey, why don't we build a platform that solves all these problems, right? You send money from India and the person receives it in, let's say, a matter of two or three minutes. That will ease all the problem. Plus, you don't have to pay all these wire transfer fee. On top of it, how about giving in a little bit of loyalty so that both the carriers in India and Africa enjoy the Benefits of doing this. So that is the solution we came up with. And uh, fortunately, you know, touched with the response has been amazing. Um, we have already signed up a lot of merchants and a lot of partners, and we are seeing significant amount of traction in the market. We have already closed our first round of fundraise um, and we probably will be going for a second round of fundraise shortly. So, so the story has been good so far, Archit, and I hope it continues to stay like that definitely
1: congratulations on all the successes that you've seen so far and definitely way to go many more to come so all the best for that so you've been working in this industry for a very long time I mean you've been a working professional for more than 15 years as you mentioned so how do you see how has the landscape of work changed in the recent period of time considering you know change is inevitable it is supposed to come and what Changes do you think companies should adopt to remain efficient and effective considering all even the companies and employees and the changes that, is, that are happening in the environment should go hand in hand?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so a very good question, right? And in fact, this is uh, the need of the hour. If you look at um, uh, the way the whole landscape of work has transformed is phenomenal. And thanks to COVID in many ways, uh, you know, it made absolute remote working possible i'll tell you traditionally when i was leading large million dollar marketing campaigns we used to have uh, you know a room full of creative guys the designers the content guys the digital guys everybody collaborating you know we are spending about let's say 12 hours 14 hours in office plus you put another 2 hours for commuting we didn't even remotely think creative job or creative works like marketing can also be done remotely you know fast forward 2019 2020 covid hits the world you know, our campaigns had to go on. Our customers had to get their, uh, you know, YouTube campaigns, ad campaigns, all of that going. And we were like, hey, we have never done this before. One art director sitting in Mumbai, you know, the content script writer sitting in Hyderabad, somebody else sitting in Bangalore. And how do you all collaborate? And we, and it was like, can this happen real time? And thanks to all the sophisticated communication channels, right? Slack, Microsoft Teams, it made it so seamless. Today, I think the the whole landscape of work has changed. Uh, You know, barring few very traditional companies, nobody cares where you're actually operating from. Uh, You know, take the example of Zeebu. For example, Zeebu, I have one creative guy who is operating from, uh, you know, Middle East. I have one person in Saudi and one person sitting in Mm -hmm. Dubai. My content writer is working out of uh, Estonia. Uh, My uh, fund manager is working from Lithuania. Uh, I have uh, my IR team based all around the world. And we have, you know, talents from all across the world working together seamlessly. A lot of these people are seasoned, uh, you know, some of the best professionals in the world and we haven't even met. Um, yet we are all working together and collaborating so well. So I think uh, uh, it is changed and it is going to be uh, the same or even better, uh, you know, in the years to come. I don't see we will ever go back to the traditional way of working in any near future. I mean, it's here to
1: stay for forever, indefinite period of time, as we say. And obviously, that's how we enable technology. That's how we leverage technology. That's how we use it, considering yeah. that it Absolutely. is there to make our work better, to make our work easier. And this collaboration yeah. has been possible only because of the technology today. So a very important point that you've mentioned. So uh, could, considering that you you also carry ample amount of experience in the marketing industry. So my next question to you is, can you describe a time when you faced a marketing challenge or an obstacle and how you overcame it?
0: Sure. So uh, see, the unfortunate thing, uh, Archit, right now is uh, marketing in especially markets like India has become a commodity. Uh, Every person, every other person on LinkedIn says, I'm a digital marketing expert. I'll get you a million visits. I'll get your website on first page of Google. Everybody claims that I am the world's top hundred marketeer. I am the world's or universe's top ten uh, digital marketeer that you can find. So one challenge I think that every CMO today or every head of marketing faces is how can we actually get these credible rock stars when you want to do a campaign or when you want to run a large scale, uh, you know, marketing engine. Uh, our challenge was more specific around ABM because you know a lot of people talk about account based marketing and how it can bring you millions of dollars to your bank. But uh, very few of them have actually done it. Uh, Because ABM includes a lot of things, right? It includes the right tools. It includes the right team, the right process, right targeting, right list. So so we faced the challenge for almost about four and a half to five months in putting the whole process um, together for uh, ABM. Uh, Fortunately, right now we are in a position where I can confidently say that, you know, you give us a target region and you give us a segment and you give us, give me a target audience. I can run a successful ABM campaign. It was a phenomenal, painstaking learning for the entire team and me included. Uh, but I think uh, now the results are fabulous. Yeah. So my next question to you is how would you define personal branding? considering
1: that today it's, it has become an important thing like everybody is talking about it it has sort of become a buzzword that personal branding has become extremely important and you just can't escape it and why do you think it has become this important today I mean what are the factors that have led
0: to this oh boy you have struck the right card <laughs> so in the year 2017 I made my first video on the importance of personal branding and what affects personal branding right and Things have not changed since then. Uh, personal branding has three important elements. One is your online quotient. Second is your social quotient. Third is your brand visibility index. How active are you online? How meaningful are you online? And how niche are you as a brand or an as, a, as an individual? If anybody asks me what are the three things for human beings to survive, then I would probably say, you know, Roti kapta and personal branding. It is that important. Uh, and there are two no two ways about it. Uh, it has become... One of the survival skills, um, not a fancy thing anymore. If you ask me why, the reason is especially markets like India are flooded with talent. And like I said, there is 50% real talent, 50% people who brag that I'm the greatest in the world. I'm the smartest in the world. And then you also have a separate battle with those guys. And for you to stand out, you need to make sure that you're consciously building your personal brand. And I am not talking about fly-by-night plans or become popular in 24 hours plans. I am talking about how can you stay very loyal and consistent to your own brand, and how can you offer a lot of authentic content, you know, advice, or how can you really help the community? And while you are doing that, unknowingly you will build a you know world-class brand or a phenomenal brand. Um, for example, if you go to my LinkedIn today, uh, you will see that if not every day, at least every alternate day I post something. Uh, And every content I post is uh, targeted for three things, right? One, can I add value? Can I make a meaningful impact? And am I also establishing myself as a thought leader there? Uh, And I think this is, there is no exception. Even people like uh, you know, John Goodenough unfortunately, who passed away today at the age of 100, who invented lithium battery and who gave us the smartphones and the electric cars even he was active uh, in writing research papers and all of that and at the age of 95 he discovered it 97 he won the nobel prize so there is no exception uh, you know you have to be kickass in what you do and you ha- you have to be seen so it's a i would say it is one of the top 3 things that every human being needs yeah, definitely and even if considering that even uh, the schools today have also
1: started teaching their students about it, considering it has become so important. Like we have been told to do it from the beginning itself, so that you know this is not something that you can do when you actually start working at an organization, then you need to think about it and stuff. They teach you so well that by the time you start working, you already know okay, where have I reached? Yeah. Why it is so important to do it. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. So uh, I was, uh, I would really want to tell our listeners that you're also a TEDx, TEDx speaker. So I was just watching your TEDx speech, and um, I remember that you mentioned about the art of amplifying time and how time is even more precious than than money. I mean, uh, what were your thoughts behind it, considering it's it's truly a fact today?
0: Yeah, absolutely right. So um, so thanks, uh, Arsit. I'm glad that you saw the TED talk. Um, yeah so I have two TED talks one of them is around amplifying time and how somebody can do 10x more with uh, the same amount of time that we all have 24 hours a day Um, two things right I mean this I have learned it hard way Um, you know I think probably it was in my mid to late 30s when I realized after two successful exits and uh, you know and then founding companies and running shows that we always think oh time is money time is money or at least that was When we were growing up, that was a very common idiom, right? Everybody would say, oh, no, no, time is money. Uh, You know, that's bullshit. Um, Time is way more precious than money. You know, you lose a million dollars today, you come up with one more successful idea, you will make 10 million. But this date, the 28th of June 2023, will never come back. This time that we are spending together will never come back. So it's it's an irreversible thing, right? So, I mean, my principle, I mean, I was very deeply touched when I heard um Steve Jobs and when I also read his biography right um time is something that is very essential and you know we will never we are every passing day we are getting closer to our death, and uh each day if I want to you know bring out best in myself I want to when you wake up you want to know that hey I only want to do those things that are of high impact where I'm investing my time wisely and my uh, one more mantra here is what I have personally been doing and following this Anything that can be delegated and outsourced, which can be done by others, go ahead and do it. Don't invest your personal time on doing stupid things because you can use your time on doing something much way smarter and way better. So yeah, I mean, that has been uh, my guiding principle, Archit. I completely agree with what you said. I mean, um,
1: yes, you, you very well mentioned that, okay, it's important to, you know, we live in a time of smart work where you need to delegate things to um, whomsoever you can and then concentrate on more important things, considering time once gone is gone forever. It's not going to come back. Yeah. So, yeah. my next question to you is I also got to know that you're the author of a best selling book, also called The Unleashing Growth. So, yeah. I really want you to talk about it. On this podcast, and share your views with our listeners, and what made you motivated to you to write a book, and how did you feel when you know you got to know that your book has become a bestseller?
0: So obviously, very honestly, I didn't start writing a book to become a bestseller. It was it was a coincidence and uh, accidental thing that happened. So during lockdown and COVID, uh, one of the things I also do is I teach in a lot of B schools, and one of the program I was running was around growth hacking and growth marketing. So I used to write these. Uh, I'm still a little, uh, you know, the s year man. So I used to write a lot of notes, you know, with paper and pen. And then I used to prepare for my classes, go deliver talks. And I used to include a lot of interesting case studies. And during COVID, all the colleges and classrooms were all remote. So I had to kind of use laptop, key in all the notes, deliver the sessions. Uh, and one of, uh, one of those sessions, my elder daughter, uh, Yukta Raghavendra, Yukta told me, hey, dad, you're doing so much. You're writing so much of notes and doing all of that how about making this into a book and then she gave me some example i don't know harry potter or somebody and she said why do we why don't you also put this together and become a great author i said who is going to read some boring management marketing stuff right I away? Mean, i talk about marketing growth hacking she's like no give it a try and we'll see how it goes so that's how i created the first book which was unleashing growth it's basically you know a concise version of two different subjects one was growth hacking and growth marketing that i used to teach uh, for the final semester mba students uh, and I put it uh, together as a book and then eventually it kind of started selling both on Amazon and in the bookstores as a hotcake. Three of the universities made it a you know curriculum uh, reference books. And I think that's why I kind of got crazily good reviews on goodreads.com and all of that. And eventually it ended up becoming a bestseller. Uh, and uh, and yeah, like I said, it was God's grace. I I wasn't hoping it to be a good seller and I'm happy that it became I mean,
1: it was just meant to be. So it became and congratulations to you uh, for you your successes and many more to come. And with that, many more to come. I also got another very important piece of information that you're also about to launch another book called the Integrative Marketing Handbook. Would you want to talk
0: about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so me and a very, very good friend of mine, Priyanka, we we both have been working on a few very large campaigns. Um uh, for some of the complex products and engagements that we are kind of taking to, you know, markets to the countries that most of the people would not even have heard of their names. And, um, and then we said, hey, why don't we come up with some crazy marketing campaign ideas uh, for these markets and see how it works? And that's how we embarked on a journey of creating campaigns. You know, a campaign that runs very successfully in US probably may not work in Africa and the one that runs in Africa may not work in Dubai. So we kind of started creating, you know, this whole concept of putting an integrated marketing plan together. And when we ended up running a few successful campaigns, we realized hey, this can also be a great book. Uh, so that's how we ended up writing. We just finished, completed writing the book on 19th of May. Um, and then we went back to the publisher and we kind of have finalized uh, the whole draft and cover design. And we are still in the process of getting some testimonials. Uh, hopefully the book should be out on Amazon. and. Uh, all the leading bookstores in India and overseas by mid-July. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited and I hope this one becomes a bestseller too. Yeah, it will definitely. I have full faith in you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks.
1: So thank you for joining us, Ragvinder. It is so... I mean, I'm so grateful to finally do it with you, to do this podcast with you. I've been really looking forward to, you know, talking to you about such a plethora of experience that you carry. I was going through your LinkedIn and I could see there like a bunch of things that that were mentioned and I wanted to cover everything as I could and I've tried to do my best with that. So uh, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, doing this podcast with us. And I am sure our listeners would also agree and would love to hear more from you.
0: Achit, I, I totally loved our conversation and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am equally grateful and thankful and I hope all the listeners will, you know, reap some benefit or some learnings from the experiences we shared and all the best for all your upcoming uh, you know, episodes and stay tuned. Definitely. Thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this
1: episode. Thank you.